We continue our off-season LA Kings coverage with a very special fan interview and introduce you to the LA Royal Army on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Work your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for 30 years. On today's show, we're going to introduce you to the LA Royal Army. Some of you may know about them already. Maybe some of you don't. Some of you may have seen their work driving up the 110 freeway during the playoffs. Some of you may hear them at Kings games. We're going to find out more about them, how they started, what they're all about. And with that, we welcome in one of the generals of the LA Royal Army. His name is David Valdezar and better known as DJ. Hey, DJ, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, it's great to get to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's fun to be here. <laughs> I'm uh, appreciative. Yeah, yeah. First off, just tell us a little bit about you. Um, you know, are you a SoCal native, and and how did you become a Kings fan? Yeah, so I'm pretty much have been in LA my whole life. I've obviously grown up out here. I've been going to King games since I was one. So yeah. I was born in 87. The Kings got Gretzky in 88, and my dad got season seats in 89. So I've been going to King Games since literally 1989. I've been growing up going to the game. So, yeah, I love the team. You know, they're my everything. And it's it's obviously a lot of ups and downs being a Kings fan recently. You know, we we had a good run. We won some Cubs. It's great. But, you know, overall, it's just it's, it's fun. It's exciting. You know, being the Royal Army it's is what fuels that because, you know, growing up with Growing up with the Kings and all that kind of stuff, I've always wanted, you know, the fan base to take it up to another level to be, you know what I mean? Something, something more than, you know what I mean? I want us to be like, you know, an intimidating arena. I want people to, you know what I mean? Know that there are passionate Kings fans. I feel like, you know, overall, you know, Kings fans kind of get a bad rap as far as people like to, cause you know, a warmer climate, you know, hockey team and those kind of fans, we don't, we don't get the love. I feel like so part of my thing is, you know what I mean? Like the, I, I know firsthand, I've grown up around the Kings. I have so many friends from you know, the Kings and stuff like that. I'm like, no, it's, you know, there's some passionate, you know, diehard people who love their team and you know what I mean? And that's, that's what it's about for me. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, absolutely. It's I hear you, man. Uh, are How did the LA Royal Army get founded? Were you a part of that? And how long has it been around? Yeah. So uh, well, the group's been around since 2011. I wasn't I wasn't part of the group. I came on the group maybe like three or four months in. Um, but yeah, it, it's been around since 2011. It started off in a, originally it was up in section 208, I think at Staples Center. And uh, we started, you know, from the from the beginning, we started doing stuff like invasions where we'd like you know, go to Anaheim, we would do, you know, the Frozen Fury, we do a Frozen Fury bus trip every year, that was, you know, a huge thing for us. Um, it's been, it, we, like, a couple years after the cup, you know, the group kind of died down, 
before I would only ever do like social media and stuff like that. So in the, I'd say like around 2015, the group kind of, you know, petered out a little bit and I took over in a, right before the pandemic, honestly, it was like in 2020, I, you know, I became the president of the group and I was like, you know, my goal is not only to revive the group, but to take the group to, you know, the next level, do, you know what I mean? Trying to bring, you know, the supporters group kind of style, which I, you know, a lot of people, well, you know, automatically say it's soccer style, but no, you know, like in Europe and stuff like that, they support hockey much differently. It's, you know, much more passionate, you know, they're, they're traveling with the team and stuff like that they're in the stands, you know, they just have a presence. I always, you know, saw that kind of vision and, you know, I want my team to have, you know, a next level kind of, you know, passionate fan base that do, you know, these kind of events and do these kind of things and stuff like that. So, you know, when I took over, that was one of my main, my main missions, and my main goals. And, you know, the, obviously COVID kind of put you know, made that a little bit harder. So we kind of had to put it on the back burner, especially, you know, when fans weren't allowed in the building and stuff like that. So last year was like our first year not this past season, but, you know, the previous season, that was our first year, you know, going forward and working with the Kings front office, trying to, you know, trying to set something up with them so we can have, you know, a presence in the arena. So we have our section and being able to do things like bring our drums in, bring flags in, stuff like that. You know, it, you know, average fan can't do that, but we have to get permission. So we're, you know, having to go through those, that whole process and that whole thing, do that stuff. And, uh, you know, at first it kind of started off was kind of rough. I feel like, uh, you know, people aren't familiar with what, uh, you know, that kind of style supporting is about. And, uh, you know, it was, I think it was really different for people, but, you know, as the games have gone on, we've not only adapted as a group, but, you know, we've made friends and everybody around us in the sections, you know what I mean? Like we've become closer to those kind of people. And a lot of people have joined over from other sections into our section. So this last season, honestly, was probably our best season yet that, you know, we've had as a group because, you know, we saw membership, people being involved with the group, like grow immensely. We did usually, you know, before our big invasions are always Anaheim. This last season, we went to San Jose. We did a bus trip uh, over there on Black Friday, and that was so much fun. And a lot of people, you know, on that trip signed up even for season tickets just to be part of the group because, you know, they, they saw what we're about. They saw, you know, how passionate we are and everything like that. And, you know, just little things like that. We have so many events throughout the year where we just, you know, people are learning about us, meeting us, uh, joining us, you know, more importantly, and then, you know, we continue to grow and grow and grow. And unfortunately, I feel like, you know, at the end of, you know, the season ended, I feel like we had so much momentum and we were like, we were like, you know, doing so much, it, it kind of makes it even harder. Not only does your team lose, but like, you know, as running the group, like we lose a bunch of that steam and then we know, you know, next season, you got to start it up all over again and get it going. But yeah, like as far as, as far as like the history of the group, the group's been around for, you know, 12 years, 11, 11, 12 years. And, uh, but the last couple of years, I feel like it's the first time we've taken the group to like the next level. I know that when you approach an organization about being recognized, that there's more that goes with that than just kind of being a fan group, you know, you're right. representing yourselves, but you also are representing the Kings as well. Um, how is, how has the organization kind of embraced what you want to do and also kind of made it to where it's something that's also positive, like a re positive reflection of the Kings. Yeah. So, you know, right off the get go, that was something, you know, that when we're having our meetings with the Kings, you know, just to get the meetings, you know, we have to uh, let them know basically our vision and what we, our goals, you know what I mean? As a group would be, and it's 
from, you know, at the very basics is just having a presence at the arena, just being able to, you know, have our energy translate onto the ice and hopefully, you know, energize the players, you know, doing what we can as fans to try to make a difference. You know, that's the biggest kind of thing. And we, you know, they're familiar because uh, I've, the rain had a German supporters group that Ice Baron Berlin had come out, you know, a few years ago and they had seen that firsthand. And, you know, those guys were awesome. The whole game, they stood up and were waving flags and they're super into it. So they kind of firsthand saw how like European style of supporting hockey teams, you know, is a little bit different than the traditional North American style. So they already had that in their mind. So, you know, as we're trying to like pitch that kind of, you know what I mean, culture change, which basically what it is, is an entire culture change. Um, you know, they're on board with that. But like you said, it's at the end of the day, we're also, when we're doing these kind of things, representing the team as well. So, you know, we, we also don't want to like rock the boat and, you know, upset the fan base or anything like that. You know, we want to be universally like accepted and, you know, have people understand what the, the goal is. The goal is to, you know, translate the energy onto the ice. And hopefully that, if we can make even the smallest difference for the team on the ice, just by being loud and, you know, encouraging in the stands, then that's all worth it for us. Especially like, you know, one of the things I told them is, you know, at times, you know, at Staples Center now, now at Crypto, you know, it feels like it, the energy in the building is just like dead. It feels like, you know, it feels like a library at times. I know like, you know, playoff stuff like that, the building's rocking, but I'm just talking like, you know, the average regular season game or sometimes, you know, you know, as a fan, I, I wish we can energize. And like I'm saying, that was one of the big things that I'm telling them, like, I want it to be like every game, we can get it going. We can get chance going. We can get anything just to make the smallest difference. You know, that's, that's enough for us. So they, you know, they were on board. They saw what it was about and they agreed to give us a, a certain, you know, amount of seats that we can start to get this going with and you know see you know see how it grows and stuff like that and every single season is going even bigger and bigger this you know this upcoming season i'm not I, i'm not showing the updated numbers but i feel like we've almost doubled the amount of season holders in our general area coming into this next season and that's all based off of you know the previous playoffs and the the stretch run we had there at the end like we had so many new people on board signing up because we, we have a booth at the arena, right up, up, outside of Section 303. So we were, you know, actively pushing and promoting, you know, the season tickets and trying to get people into the arena, into our section. Because, you know, you're, you're telling them the vision and what you want it to be. And, you know, so many people are on board for that. So, you know, the kids in you know, return see that kind of stuff as well. And they're seeing that, you know what I mean? Like I'm saying at first where, you know, it was a little rough and we had a little pushback because I feel like the unfamiliarity with it and just like, the amount of noise as opposed to a normal game was just, I feel like a big shocker for people. But like I'm saying, the more it's gone on, not only of the Kings, but I feel like the fan base as well has kind of seen what we're about and what we're trying to do. Not trying, you know what I mean? We're just not trying to be anything negative or take away from the game. If anything, you know, we're trying to add to it and make a contribution as fans, you know, to the game itself. We're going to have more with DJ. Going to talk about something that I think got a lot of people's attention during the playoffs that the Royal Army was able to do with uh, a sign that a lot of people saw, including myself, as we were headed down to the arena. Real quick, though, I want to let you know that today's uh, episode of Locked on LA Kings is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA Finals are set to start tonight. Denver Nuggets against the Miami Heat. 
And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. It's a bonus bet. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then when you you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, three-pointers made. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, continuing with DJ from the L.A. Royal Army. And uh, I was on my way to Crypto.com Arena not long ago, and the Kings were uh, taking on the Oilers in the playoffs and driving up the 110. And I see this sign on a freeway overpass, uh, and uh, your group was behind it. It was uh, showing support for the Kings. It was really cool. I know it got a lot of attention for you. Uh, Whose idea was it, and how did you kind of make that happen? Yes, so... Uh, it, it was my idea, but you know, like, I'm not sure if, how familiar you are with like, you know, the LA Galaxy and LAFC's soccer, you know, our local soccer teams. Every so often, you know, they'll put banners out, I've noticed like on uh, the overpasses, kind of like, you know, going back and forth with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I, because, you know, they're, they're huge rivals, so obviously they're, <laughs> they're having fun with it. I saw it and I was like, you know what, you know, that, that's a cool idea. And I, you know, I'd like to do something, I want to do something, you know, kind of like make a statement something to try to like not only for the fans but for the players so then my idea was like knowing you know that almost all the players live out in south bay i'm like knowing that i know that they're gonna have to take the one 105 east to the 110 north right so then now i'm thinking okay if the players are driving like this this would be their route i'm now i'm thinking okay what bridges cross over not only the the normal freeway but also the you know the fast track carpool lanes as well so you know just what what bridge so then i driving the route on the way to the game i'm studying every bridge and i realize okay the slosson you know the slosson exit of the metro covers both sides of the freeway you know it doesn't matter what lane you're in you could be in the bus lane you could be in the fast check lane you could be in the regular lane that bridge goes over all of them at one point i know the 110 you know like the the carpool lane is above you know the regular lane so like that kind of made it a little tougher i was like that's the one spot i was like okay so then i was like what could we do so I'm like, maybe just, you know, I want the players to see. And I was like, okay, maybe, and this was probably around like February when, you know, we were talking about this. So I was like, all right, I want to do something maybe for the first game of the playoffs, just to like, you know, not only make a statement, like I'm saying, so people can take pictures and repost, but also for the players. So they can know, you know, on their way into the arena that the city, you know, is behind them and the city, this, you know, something big that the whole city is seeing. So then, uh, we originally obviously thought that the Kings are going to have home ice advantage because, you know, we were doing so well up until like, you know, the last two weeks into the season. So we were like, all right, game one, this is where it's going to happen. So like, I think we ended the season in Anaheim. We had an invasion. So then that following weekend, we're like, all right, I'm going to get, try to get a crew together. We posted online and then, you know, a lot of our guys in the group were like, let them know. All right. So we're going to go by, went to downtown LA, just bought a big roll of literally fabric. We brought it back and then we, you know, stenc- I made the design on my computer. We stenciled it out. Uh, and then we had basically a painting party and we spent a whole afternoon painting this entire, you know, entire banner. So the Go Kings Go, you know, had the Stanley Cups in it, it had our logos. And then, you know, that, that sounds like the hard part, but the actual, you know, putting it up because, you know, we've, we haven't done anything like that. So, you know, we had to get the crew together and figure out a way to get the hooks, you know, right hooks into the fence and make sure, you know, it's safe and 
secure up there that we can leave it up there. And originally, the original plan was we were, before game one, which ended up being game three, that was our first home game there. And then we're like, all right, well, let's just see how long it lasts. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure like if the cops are going to come through, take it down or, you know, some other crazy person is going to come through and start messing with it. Like, I, I'm not sure. I was like, let's just see what happens. Right. So we ended up going to the game. Like I said, we have the booth there. So we're at the booth and everyone who starts coming up to us like, oh my God, you guys, we saw the banner. It was amazing. And then I'm like, it's still up there. And they're like, yeah, we just got it. It's still up. So I was like, cool. You know, made it. Like, at least it, I know at least the players are in the building. So I'm hoping at least the players had seen it. So yeah, it, it was updating our social media is blowing up. So then as we're leaving, you know, a bunch of the guys and stuff were like, uh, somebody had messages. Somebody's friend, I guess, had seen that it was still up and we we're like, should we go and get it? Or like, should we leave it up or what should we do? And they were like, all right, let's just go get it. Let's just try to retrieve it. So yeah, we went up there and honestly, it's, it's not the best area, but so two of us went up there and, and then, you know, at this point it was almost midnight by the time we got out of the uh, arena and got to the car and went to go get it. It was around midnight. We took it down. And then after that, uh, you know, Bailey's, uh, was a Bailey Sports West, you know, hit us up and we're like, you know, we want to do a, piece about it we want to talk about it are you guys planning on doing it for game four which originally we were just gonna do game three and i was like uh i mean i'm not planning but i do have it like we can do it we can go put it back up there like well you know we don't want to force you guys we're like all right you know we'll do it we'll do it. don't worry about it so then that's you know game four same thing we went back put it up there left it in the middle like almost at midnight we went and took it back and we grabbed it again so yeah it ended up being cool so then I guess, you know, we had heard word back that during one of the interviews, one of the post-game interviews after game three, uh, you know, Todd McClellan acknowledged it. And he said, you know, basically, you know, paraphrasing him, he was saying, you know, going to the arena, seeing that up there, you know, really made us feel good about coming to the arena. So as soon as, you know, I relayed, relayed that message to everybody else, like, you know, the coach not only acknowledged it, but he, you know, said this in the media about our banner everybody was you know, extra hyped. Everybody was like, oh, you know, let's do this. And then our original plan was doing, you know, a different banner for every round or something else, you know, keep growing on it. Obviously that didn't work out, but, you know, not to say that we won't do the same thing in the future. Well, it definitely got my attention. I certainly took a picture of it on my drive up, posted it on social media. I'm sure you got a lot of great press about it. So that's very cool for, uh, for yeah, what for you sure. did, for what you did uh, to, you know, make everybody excited about it and also, to promote your club as well. So that was uh, whoever, if that was your idea, whoever's idea that was, that was a, I was a home run for sure. Uh, I want to, I want to ask you though, about, you mentioned it. The invasions is another thing for the LA Royal army. Uh, specifically, it seems like for the most part, you did, you mentioned that you did take a bus to San Jose, but going down to Anaheim and having an organized group kind of go down there. I think it's an awesome idea. I've been to games down at the pond as a Kings fan. I know about the takeover down there and I know frankly yeah. that their fans don't like it one bit which makes it more enter entertaining for us as Kings fans. Have you gotten any pushback from the Ducks on that? And how did that whole thing start, the invasions? So, yeah, like like I mentioned before, we, we've been doing those since, you know, 2011. We, I think we did them in 2011. We did them in 2012. And I think there was a lockout to start 13, and we may have done one that year. And then after that, uh, they had died out, and we brought them back last year. Last, uh, I think, you know, during preseason, we did one and then we did the two regular season games. This year, we did another preseason and two. Yeah, so we've done six in the last two years. And yeah, it's every every time, you know, every event, it gets bigger than the previous one. Every single time people see it and just between, you know, social media and word of mouth and all that 
you know what I mean? It, it continues to grow and it becomes a bigger thing. So the one we did in February, we had about 300 people, a little less than 300 people. And, you know, it was just, it's crazy. It's awesome. Especially, you know, not only is the whole arena, but, you know, you're in a concentrated section with, you know, nothing but Kings fans are being loud and cheering. And then, especially when the Kings are winning, you know, everybody gets even louder and even crazier because, you know what I mean? You're, you're fueling off of everybody. So that February one is probably, you know, one of the craziest ones. So knowing the last game of the season was in uh, the, the April one, like, we're like, all right, let's continue doing it. Let's continue getting bigger. Unfortunately, though, we had gotten word back that I guess, you know, the Ducks are aware, you know, of the group and what we're doing. So they limited our amount of tickets for the first time. That was the first time they kind of throttled us a bit. And uh, we ended up getting, I think, around, we were like at 225, I want to say. It was between 225 and 250 tickets, I think, for that one. But we had sold out basically like a week and a half in. And, you know, we we're putting these up months months in advance so we knew there was a demand and just based off of social media response and people messaging us and email and all that kind of stuff we were like hitting up the ducks and we're like hey you know we need at least another 100 150 tickets and they're and they're basically in a nicer way like no <laughs> <laughs> because they gave us an excuse that like there were there was only like 600 tickets left or something like that and we were like all right. So, you know, everybody's going on to like, you know, Ticketmaster and looking at how empty the arena is. And though, you know, there's, there's at least on the resale market, there's way more. And from their actual inventory, which you can see on there, there seemed like way more. And then like a week later, we had seen the Ducks ran a promotion and it was basically telling all, there's like all diehard Ducks fans that uh, they were offering tickets undercutting not only our ticket we're getting our tickets at group rates they're offering the tickets even cheaper than our tickets including like 50 percent off concessions and merch and all these other deals and we were like wow like i thought there was like a limited amount and then we see that they're running a promotion so yeah like we're like all right well let's just try to do what we can and then you know we let people know what sections we're in so like if you're able to and you're you know willing to buy them on the resale market try to get them close to us and we'll just try to you know pack it in together over there so you know there's I, we were saying it would have been interesting. I, I'm glad it didn't happen, but it would have been interesting if the Ducks had won the lottery for Bedard because I have a feeling they really wouldn't sell us any tickets because I feel like the Ducks bandwagon would start to fill up again. But now that, you know, they didn't have that and hopefully they're bottom feeding again, maybe they'll, you know, not throttle us the next, this next season, we can get even bigger because like if, if we were able to just continue to sell with no limit, we could easily have done, you know, over 500 tickets you know, for an invasion and probably even more because like I'm saying, it sells out in a week and then like the, you know, five weeks leading up to the event every day, somebody's asking, you know, hey, do you guys have any more tickets? I, you know, I slept on, I messed up or they sold out faster than we expected. And, you know, I tell them like, you, we're now as a group at the at a point where, you know, you kind of got to get your tickets early. You got to get them like in the first week to two weeks because even though we're selling a month in advance, like they, it's even faster and faster, you know, every event that we put up that it's selling out. Very cool. Um, definitely want to get more information on how people can join the uh, LA Royal Army. And I want to ask you specifically about maybe your bi your biggest moment or your favorite moment as a Kings fan, because today is an anniversary of a big day, a big win for the LA Kings. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But real quick, I want to invite everybody to check out Locked on NHL. The Stanley Cup final is set for Saturday. Florida Panthers against the Vegas Golden Knights, boo. Uh, I'm actually <laughs> excited about this matchup, though. I think it'll be a good good matchup. Uh, but rooting for the uh, for the Florida Panthers in this one. Uh, if you want to keep up to date on all the Stanley Cup playoff action, check out Locked on NHL. It's your daily show on all things going on in the NHL. 
That's Locked on NHL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, DJ, uh, again, want to get some information, how people can join the Royal Army, get more information about it, any upcoming events that you have. But today, I don't know if you know this or not, nine years ago today, June 1st, 2014, and thanks to the King Storian on Twitter for reminding me of this, the LA Kings, yeah. yeah, LA Kings beat the Chicago Blackhawks 5-4 in overtime on the Alec Martinez goal in Chicago to advance to the Stanley Cup final. I've said this before many times. That was the most emotional game I've ever been a part of. And I've been at the two games where the Kings won their Stanley Cup. But remember the New Jersey game in 2012, we were celebrating in the second period because that game was pretty oh, much yeah. over. And then, sure. and then even the double overtime against the Rangers, we knew that wasn't an elimination game. If we would have lost, there were still more games to be able to win it. So that game in Chicago... And, you know, it, it was kind of everybody thought that was the real kind of Stanley Cup final, like whoever was going to win that game was going to win yeah. the cup. And I just remembered in overtime, I had this feeling in my stomach. I, I just was like almost sick every shot. I was just like living and dying. And then when when they won, I was running around my house, jumping up and down. My <laughs> wife jumped into my arms. We were just laughing <laughs> and celebrating. It was it was the most fun feeling i've ever had as a king's fan so it's a great day as an anniversary if you're a king's fan do you have a moment do you have uh something that happened with the kings that you always remember as kind of the moment as a king's fan yeah first what you mentioned shout out to king's historian on instagram and twitter because that's one of my favorite honestly one of my favorite social media accounts just because like you're saying like there's so many little things that i get reminded of or like moments like you know today's kind of thing where it's like you, you know you don't forget about it but just to be reminded about it is just like oh yeah and then like it, you know brings up all those memories same like you're saying even you know this game that chicago series specifically in you know 2014 like you said that that was the final that year everybody you know i feel like acknowledges but not only that i feel like during the kings you know that three-year run i feel like that was probably the most intense series of you know any matchup including any of the fine you know the two finals matchups obviously we lost to them in 2013 but, in, you know, in 2014, to win it in Game 7 on the road, all the circumstances, even, yeah, even like you're saying, just that goal, you know, Martinez's goal itself, like it was, you know, kind of like a fluttering wrist shot, you know, from the point, just like that's, like, I remember when it happened, like I wasn't even sure it went in. I mean, I, I you know, kind of thought it went wide, but just seeing everybody reacting, my thing, is, like, especially during playoff hockey, one of because same thing, I get way too nervous. I can't watch, the, I can't even sit down, you know. I'm like pacing around because I'm like, high stress game seven overtime like it does not get any worse than that on the nerves now i think even what I, what i do how i cope with the anxiety of those kind of games is i'll mute the tv because just hearing the crowd and stuff like that like every chance like oh, oh you know that kind of thing gives me nervous so like i'll mute the <laughs> TV, and i think i had the tv muted and i'm just staring at it and then reacting to it like you said just you, you lose it that that's probably one of the top ones obviously you know the the next series that overtime winner of martinez is very special, but I think the one of the you know top moments I think was in 2012 that last game against the Devils. You know, as a Kings fan, your whole life I'm I'm always like, are we ever going to win the Cup? I'm like, is this ever going to happen? Like, am, am I ever going to see it in my lifetime? I've seen so many you know horrible teams to be at this point. Like, is it finally going to happen? And I remember, you know, not not only the major penalty, but at the end, I think it was a uh, Trevor Lewis had the empty net goal. It wasn't even the last goal. I think it was like the second to last goal. But I remember when he he was skating with the puck and he shot the puck like I started crying I was like you know finally this is gonna happen like this is actually gonna happen this is real like there's always a part of me where I feel like 
last five minutes, they're going to go on some crazy power play and come back. Like, it's not going to real, like, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like taken from you at that moment. I finally, like the first time in my life, I realized like the Kings are actually, I'm actually going to get to see the Kings win the cup. And I feel like that one just holds like, it's such a meaningless, you know, empty net goal. But at that point it was real. Like the Kings winning the cup is actually a real thing that's going to happen. So yeah, I, I honestly put all those, all those moments and that three year span, even now, you know, reflecting back, it's just like, you know, you you always want to be in the moment and live in the moment, but just to be able to reflect on, you know, how dominant the Kings were and all the, you know, all those crazy records and that run that they did is just, you know, amazing as a fan, you know, most, most, you know, most fans of their teams, whatever sport they were playing, never get to experience anything like that. And, you know, it's really awesome to just look back and, you know, realize that you're a part of it in you know some way and you got to see it and like even obviously you want the kings to win every year but you know you can it's like the saying you can die happy knowing at least you saw them win it you know at least we saw them win it twice and that kind of thing and that makes years of being a fan you know all of that worth it yeah no doubt and and uh, as you know there were times where where as a kings fan you really didn't know if it would ever happen so for it to finally happen was amazing and my, I, I, I turned my wife into a hockey fan and a Kings fan, which is great. She's a diehard Chargers fan, and she does. She tells me all the time, "Do you think we'll ever win one in my lifetime?" And I wish Maybe. I could tell her yes, <laughs> but we don't know. That's one of the things Maybe. about sports; you never know how it's going to work out. I hope she yeah. can experience what we experienced sometime with her team. But uh, yeah, that it's there's there were some great times as Kings fans, obviously during that three-year span. Hopefully, there's some good times still to come. Oh, for but, sure, uh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, great anniversary. And by the way, the, the, the King Storian is scheduled to be on this show next week. Okay. He's, he's currently on his honeymoon, but he is wow. still tweeting, and he tweeted that out. So we'll definitely talk to him about that on next week's show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, DJ, it's been great to talk to you. Thank Let you. people know how they can get more information, how they can join, give them all the information. I know you've got an event coming up as well with the Dodgers. Yeah, so our next event we have is uh, July 24th. We're doing Kings Night at Dodger Stadium. We have a package that's $55. You come get into the Royal Army section. Every event invasion, we give a patch. So you'll get a patch. And then the giveaway for everybody who buys that package is a co-branded Kings Dodgers jersey. So you'll get that also. Uh, we think I think we have like less than 50 tickets left on that one. Um, but yeah, just in general, you know, any Royal Army event, uh, we have membership, but it's not required to be a part of the group. You don't need to be a member or buy a membership plan to participate. You can come to any game in Section 303, hang out with us, hit the drums, wave some flags, any invasion, you can just buy tickets. Uh, you know, in September, we'll be, we'll be releasing next year's membership plan. We'll have, you know, new scarves and new items and all that kind of fun stuff. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, yeah, just stay up to date with us on our social media, our usernames, LA Royal Army, and that's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, those are the big three that we have. So, yeah, be on follow us then. We're always posting updates for any new events or any little things that we're doing. We have a couple events planned for this, you know, during the summertime. We, we want to do a couple different things. So, um, yeah, just be on the lookout on our social media, and you can stay up to date with everything. All right, DJ. Well, all the best with the with the LA Royal Army. Really appreciate your time. Looking forward to seeing you out at Crypto.com Arena next season. And uh, best of luck. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, and uh, we uh, hope the, all the best for the LA Royal Army. That was very, very cool to find out more about their group. Uh, obviously, we've got one more show left in the week for you everydayers. Those, those of you that listen and watch every day want to let you know that tomorrow... 
is our weekly Kings fan feedback show. You got any questions, any comments about anything involving the Kings, let us know. Uh, what was your biggest fan moment as an LA Kings fan? Uh, you can also talk about anything we talked about on the shows this week. We had those player profiles on Victor Arvidsson and Phoenix Copley. Took a look back at the 2018 NHL draft for the Kings. Uh, asked you, are you rooting for any of the former Kings players still playing for the Golden Knights? Are you torn about seeing Alec Martinez and Jonathan Quick playing for the Stanley Cup this year? Anything you want, it's all up to you. It's your show. Uh, the email address is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. You can also put your comments on the uh, YouTube episodes below. Uh, those are always welcome. And you can stay interactive with the show as well. Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings, Instagram, at LockedOnLAKings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great, great day. And as always, go Kings, go.